You're listening to the Be a Better Lawyer podcast with Dina Cataldo, episode 172. So how do high-achieving lawyers break through generations of being taught that we have to grind ourselves into the ground to get results for clients, build a successful business, and create a life we love? While law schools are busy teaching the rule of law, they're slacking on teaching us how to be a better human to create for ourselves the success we thought we'd achieve after law school. This podcast bridges the gap between law school and life. Hello, how are you today? I hope you are having a fabulous week. This is going to be an amazing episode that's going to blow your mind. (laughs) And I'm really excited about it because going after any goal that we have never achieved before requires us to become a different person. We are becoming the person who has up-leveled ourselves to accomplish it. And I was thinking about how I've put myself in the position to achieve my goal of building a coaching business while working as a full-time lawyer to the point where I could leave my law job. And I wanted to distill the top three shifts that I made for you and make them really actionable for any goal that you're going after. If you want to squeeze the goodness from this podcast, you will want to go back and write out your answers to the questions that I pose. Passive learning is not the most powerful learning. That said, if you're in your car, listen to this episode and then go back and listen to it again because what I have learned is that I can't get everything the first time I listen to a really juicy episode like this one. So go back, listen to it again when you're sitting down and take notes. Before I jump in, if you've been listening for a while and love this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and share this podcast? My goal is to impact more people every week and I need your help to do that. We don't always believe in our power to influence change, but if you're hearing these words right now, you know we really do have incredible power to influence change with our voice and our actions. Here's a few ways you can help not only grow Be A Better Lawyer podcast, but grow a movement of lawyers who are up-leveling their lives and can change the legal profession from the inside out. Number one, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It takes 90 seconds and it improves my algorithm score, which makes this podcast more findable on Apple Podcasts. Two, take a screenshot of of the app you're listening to right now and share it in your Instagram stories, LinkedIn, Facebook. Tag me on Instagram at dina.cataldo because I would love to say thank you for sharing. Number three, text one person you know about this podcast if you think they'd love it. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And thank you to those of you who have already shared this podcast. It really means the world to me. Okay, let's talk about up-leveling your growth. These are three major shifts I needed to make to achieve my goals so far. These were hard-won shifts. These were not even on my radar while I was just lawyering. It took entering the world of entrepreneurship and getting coached hard by numerous coaches before I learned these. 
But you don't need to be an entrepreneur to use these. In fact, I believe if every person implemented what I'm talking about today, we'd be living in a much different world. You may want to listen to this podcast a few times and maybe even go to the show notes at dinacataldo.com forward slash 172 to read the transcript to get all the questions that I put in this podcast. This is a great episode to sit down with a coffee on a Sunday morning and just journal to. Okay, number one, I had to stop believing everything my brain told me. What do I mean? A circumstance is something factual that 12 jurors could agree on. Facts could be something like the sky is blue or there's 24 hours in a day. But we are taught to believe that our thoughts are actually circumstances. So when we think thoughts like, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough time, that client wasted my time, I have way too much work, we really believe those thoughts are facts, that they are true, that anyone who was looking at our lives would 100% agree with them. I don't have enough time is an opinion. It's a thought. We know that because someone else with the same 24 hours can think something completely different. They can be thinking, I have plenty of time. I have just enough time. This is the perfect amount of time to get everything done. I'm so glad I planned my day out. (laughs) There's so many different things they could be talking about when it comes to the 24 hours that each of us have. The thought that client wasted my time is an opinion. It's a thought. We know that because another lawyer could think something different about the same conversation. They could be thinking, they really value my opinion, or I'm glad I told them ahead of time that calls are on my hourly rate. Now, if you notice your brain is fighting this, that's okay. Seeing thoughts as thoughts take practice. But if you want to up-level your growth, this is an important step. I used to work from my thoughts, what I believed were facts, whenever I wanted to spend money on my business. I would think thoughts like, that's expensive. I don't have the money. Maybe later. I can figure it out on my own. I'd try to piece together things through free webinars and books and podcasts, and I'd waste a ton of time. I think that this was how I could save some money, but I was throwing away my most valuable commodity my time. I had a lot of limiting beliefs about money from growing up without much of it. I've talked about that in the podcast before, and I'll link to a couple podcasts about money that I've done in the show notes. And because of these limiting beliefs, I felt uncomfortable every time I invested in myself. My brain wanted to freak out. But what I didn't know at the time was that that is what growth felt like. (laughs) Anytime anyone builds a business, more money will be invested in the beginning to start it that then will be generated at first. And then consistent investments in myself are going to be necessary as I up-level because I'm continuing to grow. It's like feeding the garden, right? Like, yeah, the plants can grow to a certain level, but then you've got to keep changing the soil out. You've got to add nutrients to it. You've got to make sure you're watering it. And doing that takes money. I had to stop working from my thoughts about my student loan debt, my consumer debt, and all the old stories I had growing up about how there was never enough or there was just enough. And so I had to really just blow my own mind and say, okay, well, this is uncomfortable and I'm doing it anyway. 
I believed everything in my life about my student loan debt and credit card debt that these were all factual circumstances that were preventing me from growing myself and my business. I blamed them. Now, I'm not saying that debt is the right move for you. We're all different. But take a look at where you may be living from your thoughts about your circumstances instead of taking responsibility for what needs to be done to take charge of your life and move forward on your dreams. It could be time in your instance. You may be telling yourself you don't have enough time. Like I was telling myself I didn't have enough money. Where might you be blaming things in your life for not having enough time to do what needs to be done to further your goals? Is there a person you blame? As soon as my clients start to see what and who they're blaming for not having enough time or feeling overwhelmed, they start to make more time and reduce their overwhelm. So this is important work to do on yourself. Maybe you believe that you're tired when you get home and so that's the reason you don't want to work on the book you've been wanting to write. What else are you blaming for not getting started? Your legal practice and how much you need to do? Where are you not taking responsibility for having boundaries with the office? Okay, so this is kind of melting into number two. So I'm just going to tell you what this is here. Number two, I had to take responsibility for every result I was getting in my life. That's right. When I started taking responsibility for every result in my life, no matter how big or small, I up-leveled my ability to show up for myself and my clients. I am a big fan of every person taking their own responsibility for their own lives, but mentally, I made the shift that everything was my responsibility. Not in a stressful weight of the world on my shoulders kind of way, in a way that made my brain more resourceful. Grant Cardone gives a great example of what responsibility looks like, so I'm going to steal his. Imagine you're working from home and the power goes out. You can't use your computer, your internet, and you're basically stranded on a desert island getting nothing done. Chances are the power went out because someone crashed into a pole or the electric company was doing work that led to an unexpected outage. Not your fault, right? How do you take responsibility for that? Here's how. If you mentally took 100% responsibility for this, what would be different? You'd know that you could get a power generator so the next time this happens, you are covered. Let's shift to a client example. Imagine your client isn't getting you the information you need to complete your work. I hear this all the time. You've called, you've emailed them, and they're not getting back to you. Yes, it's their responsibility to get you the documents, and you can make a mental shift that will help you. You could waste energy being upset with the client or ruminate on the manner that's due, Or you can take a look at what might change if you took 100% responsibility for your client not getting you that work. Okay, I need to take a sip of coffee because my voice is hoarse. Okay, so that might look like the next time you take on a client for this kind of work, you outline the expectations and due dates ahead of time with the potential consequences if they don't turn in information on the due date. Another thing, you could fire the client. Another thing that might look like understanding the red flags you saw when they hired you and learning not to take on clients like this again. What else could that look like for you if you took 100% responsibility? 
Ask yourself what might change if you were 100% responsible for the result and you will up level your progress towards your goals. Oh, that was gold right there because that took me a long time to understand. This takes us to number three. Number three, improving self-talk. I had a client who was really triggered by what I said in number two about taking responsibility for her results. So if you're triggered too, let's talk. One of the reasons she was triggered was because of the amount of pressure she was placing on herself to perform. When I said the words, taking responsibility, one of the things she made it mean was that she was bad because she wasn't working hard enough. She very much had a voice in her head that was constantly berating her for not doing the work. That's not what I mean at all by taking responsibility. And I think you could hear that when I was going through number two. In fact, up-leveling our growth means looking out for where we are being hard on ourselves. Where are we creating this pressure to perform or achieve? For me, I created a lot of pressure because I was seeking approval from others. I received praise from my dad for working hard and all through school. So I was always looking for the seal of approval from everyone around me. Like when I was an adult, I was looking for it from the professors. I was looking for it from my bosses. You know, I was looking at it from everybody. It was a habit. What was also happening is that when I wasn't getting things done, when I thought this, I wasn't getting things done when I thought this way, when I was looking for people's approval. Yes, I'd use an adrenaline rush to pull it out at the last minute, but that felt horrible because my brain was going insane. (laughs) I had thoughts that I was behind, that I was lazy, and then I would spiral out. I would do less work in the moment, like when I had it planned, and I'd put it off because these thoughts put me in this frozen state, like I wasn't good enough, that I I was never going to get this. I mean, my brain was insane. Most all of our brains are insane. Let's face it, we've got a lot of thoughts going on in there and we just have to take the work to tame them. I was full of self-doubt and anxiety that I wasn't good enough and I was telling myself that I knew I was capable of more and I should be working harder. Turns out these thoughts are not helpful to up-leveling growth. I'll tell you that right now. They stifle it. They prevent us from living into our fullest potential and completing work without stress. Now, part of our brain wants to say, well, you're letting yourself off the hook by being so nice to yourself. No, what works is unraveling these thoughts. This is the work that I do with my clients. It works every time. (laughs) Remember, our thoughts are just thoughts. We are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are not true statements of fact. We are the thinker of our thoughts, which means, good news, we can change our thoughts. So how do you talk to yourself about you? Write it all down. This may hurt when you read it back to yourself. Then for each thought that you've written down, ask yourself, how do you feel when you think that thought? Remember that feeling in your body because every time you have that feeling, it will remind you that you're having another thought that you're having a thought that's not helpful. Now, our thoughts create feelings. Sometimes it's easier for us to notice the feeling in our body before we notice the thought because our brain might be going so quickly. Mine used to go really, really fast. I had to slow it down intentionally. So would you ever talk to a child the way that you talk to yourself? Probably not. 
this is just scratching the surface here, but it's important to notice the thoughts you have about yourself. Do you want to keep them? Why? What are they doing for you? Are they helping you up-level yourself? Like, are they going to help you grow? Are they nourishing thoughts? Like you're going to be feeding the garden. So here's some examples of how I talk about myself and my business, which is very different than I used to talk to myself. I'm so proud of myself. I did that. It's working. It's happening. I love my life. I'm so thankful for my clients, my friends, my family. I help people. I have the best job on earth. This work is important. For every person I help, a hundred people are impacted. I've got this. Thank you for doing the work on yourself. The less I work, the more money I make. The more money I make, the better I am to help those around me. Feel free to steal any of these thoughts that click with you. This was not an overnight shift for me. I needed help slowing down my brain so I could see the thoughts that weren't helpful and start practicing the ones that were. And I know that what we just went through was a lot of mindset shifts in one podcast. But I want to document wanted to document what's been happening in my brain for you as I grow my coaching business to full time and I'm leaving my law job. And these shifts are incredibly important to you. If you are growing any area of your life, if you are moving towards a goal, and if you're not implementing these three shifts, it's going to be so much harder for you. If you listen to this podcast and are thinking, yes, this is the work I want to do on myself, book a call with me. This is exactly the work I help my clients with to achieve their goals without the stress. You can book a call with me at dinacataldo.com. All right, my friend, enjoy, sit down with your coffee on a Sunday morning, journal your heart out, have a great rest of your week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Oh,